Hey friends, welcome to the first episode of my relaunch podcast, Ash Talks. Every week we'll be pushing a brand new episode live, some chatting with amazing women across Canada about all things life, and some will be me, Ashley, talking. Whether it be about business, home, baby, fitness, relationships, faith, it will all be content curated to inspire you to live your best life and love your everyday. Hey guys, Ash here. This week, I am so excited to have Kaylin Safuma on the podcast. Uh, Kaylin is a wife and mother of two turned entrepreneur. She owns a consignment clothing store in Listool and runs a short-term rental company with her husband in KW. Yes, all the things. She loves travel, great food, design, and people. Her great passion is to see creativity come alive by people pursuing their dream. Today is going to be a treat as Kaylin and I talk all things marriage, family, kids, and business, and how the heck do we juggle it all? Well, Kaylin, thank you so much for being with us today. We're super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there, right? It is, yeah. We're recording this on a Saturday in June, and the birds are <laughs> chirping. It's a gorgeous day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kaylin, I, I I told our audience a little bit about who you are in in our intro, but why don't you kind of give us just like a nutshell kind of elevator pitch version of who is Kaylin? Sure. Um, <laughs> my name's Kaylin. I'm born and raised in Listowel, and I now live in Kitchener. I'm married, and I have two kids, three years old and two years old, and I own a business in Listowel called The Clothing Loft. It's a women's consignment shop, and me and my husband also run together a short-term rental business in the area. so cool. Yeah. Does your rental business have, like, a cool name yet, or is it? Yeah, it's called Senfuma Homes. That's our last name. Yeah. Senfuma. Am I saying that right? You are. Yeah, and it's great because we can get like every email address, every website, yes. you're like nobody else has taken them. So yeah. our Instagram handle, it's all available. Totally. Nobody's going to get mixed up and like, oh, which Senfuma Exactly, yeah. It's like the Senfuma mm-hmm. That's so cool. Well, you're like a jack of all trades of sorts. I guess. Oh, totally. I love it. Uh, a woman after my own heart. I love juggling as many balls as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps life exciting. Totally. Well, together... Uh, I mean, together. Today, words are hard sometimes. Today we're going to be talking about um, motherhood, married life, and business life, and what kind of all of that looks like together. Um, so I guess, why don't we just start talking about, let's start with marriage, because that kind of sure. comes first in the sequence of right. things. Is So uh, tell us a little bit about um, your husband, how you guys met, and how you knew he was the one. Sure. Uh, so my husband's name is Joseph. He's from Uganda. He um, was doing his undergrad in Japan, and I, at the same time, decided that I would go teach English in Japan. So I flew there, and he happened to be working his part-time job at the same school. It was a really small school, so we were the only two teachers that weren't Japanese. Whoa. And he picked me up from the airport. And really? Yeah, he did. He was the first person I met, and we just instantly connected. That's crazy. Yeah, it was great. And at the time, this is a different story, but I was in a wheelchair, so like he he 
didn't necessarily have love at first sight because he's like, is this girl like yeah. injured? Can yeah. she walk? Like, yeah. what's happening? Oh she he didn't goodness. know. <laughs> he was just kind of confused, but I just had like a temporary twisted ankle. So. <laughs> He was like, so yeah, he was so protective. He like carried my bags and make sure like I was never putting too much weight on my foot. So it was a sweet way to begin. Was he kind of just like assigned to pick you up? He just came with my boss. So like the two of them came together just to help with the bags and everything. Yeah. So it was great. And we dated while we were in Japan. We got married there. Wow. My daughter was born in Japan. Wow. Yeah, and... So, just to back up a bit, mm-hmm. like, so dating in Japan, um, yeah. like, how, again, like, I think, I, I love asking women this, because the answer is always different, but right. it's a question that I think a lot of single women ask, is, mm-hmm. like, how do you know when you want to marry them? Like, how do you know it's, like, you know, the one, or is there the right. one, or what kind of leads up to that decision? Right. Well, um, for me, I was very content being single. So um, at this point, I think when we met, I was 25. And I'd been doing a lot of traveling, and I was very fine with it. So I I wasn't um, necessarily, like, on the lookout. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I had come to an age where I was like, you know what? I think, like, if I met somebody that I could see a future with, then, like, I'd be up for it now. Mm -hmm. And I think he was also at the right stage. So I think, like, just... To start with, you both need to be at the right stage Mm -hmm. where you're ready for that next step. And we both were. And then, um, you know, I kind of lead a non-traditional life. And he just fit so perfectly into that. Everything about him was really appealing to me. Like, he... He had got this, he was the only person in Uganda to get this scholarship to go to Japan. Cool. He spoke fluently in three languages. Yeah. He had such a, a self-confidence and a unique way, way of thinking that was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. He, um, he was a man of God and all of these things kind of appealed to me and I think what helped me decide, and I don't know if I believe in the one or not, I think there could be, you could make it work with different people, but yeah. I think the what made me realize, like, yes, this is the person I want to spend my life with, was mm-hmm. seeing if we had aligned values and if being with him could make the dreams and goals that I have in my life come to fruition. Totally. Because I think the most disappointing thing for me would have been to marry someone that would kind of hold me back from the dreams I have in life. For sure. Because they're unique and they don't necessarily fit with most people. Wow. Yeah, that's such so, a good, good way to kind of think about that. Is like, yeah. Is this going to kind of push me ahead in what I feel like God's like kind of called me to or laid out for my life or is it going to be a roadblock? Right. And like, of course, I also liked spending time with him. Like, I liked, I liked him, so that helped. Yeah. But that's not everything. Totally. Yeah. And so I think it took, you know, maybe a month or two of spending time together for because he was so different than anyone I'd met. I think it took me a while to be like, is this guy the real deal? Like, right. is there some red flag I'm missing? Like, yeah. normally I, I'm a pretty good judge of character quite quickly, but yeah. for him, he was just so different than so many people I met that it right. took me a bit longer to be like, okay, yeah, he is the real deal and then once I had that trust then it was a no-brainer wow so you got married in Japan so what led to that decision how long did you guys date before you got married and and why get married in Japan versus Canada well we really didn't have a choice because he couldn't get a visa to Canada (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious so yeah (laughs) yeah and 
uh, he was in his final year of university as an engineer, so like it w- also would have been a lot for him to yeah. like take two weeks off in his last semester. Right. So we just had some eight of my family members fly to Japan wow. with me, and then we had friends and family that were in or in Japan come. I think we had twenty five guests. Wow. And honestly, like I wouldn't have it any other way. It That's was amazing. perfect. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. After having like uh, I had a probably a bit bigger end of a wedding like well people have way more people than I had I think we had 130 right but people have more than that sometimes too but but and I loved it and again like you know when you have your wedding day it's like oh that was the perfect day right I could totally see how like an intimate wedding would have this just it would be really cool like yeah it it didn't fly by in a blur you know I felt like I was able to talk talk to to everyone and yeah and it wasn't like chaotic or overwhelming it was and sometimes you kind of want that energy and that like party feel but for us it was just like it was right for what we wanted yeah Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I I remember people saying that you know it will go by really fast and you won't really get to talk to everybody and you're probably going to feel bad about that right (laughs) and I was like I'll be able to talk to everybody but no it's so true like you are just like there's so much happening when you have like kind of a larger wedding that right you're like you don't get to talk to everybody and you kind of feel bad because right like they're there to support you in such a special day but it's impossible to have like a like a a fairly substantial conversation with 130 people. It, it's so true. There's no time. You got, you got a full schedule. Yeah, totally. Anyhow, um, so that is so cool. So you're you're happily married now. Yes. Uh, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of what that marriage season is like and uh, what's kind of, share maybe the biggest challenge that you've uh, experienced so far and the biggest blessing. Um, Marriage was definitely a huge adjustment for me. Yeah. It was like it was it was tricky for me, and I think me and Joseph are both like very independent people, yeah. and it kind of been doing our own thing from a young age. Right. Um. Just like even more so than normal, yeah. and like I'd been traveling the world by myself, and like yeah. doing all these programs and different things, mm-hmm. and. So it was really challenging to find, figure out how to still maintain that independence and and be a partnership. For sure. And I think in the beginning too, you don't. I I anyways didn't know like if I should be independent or right. you know what that even looks like and what is okay and not okay. Right. And, like, add on top of that, we're from different countries, and we were both in a different country than right. either of our homes. For sure. And, um, you know, that whole element just kind of made it a little more, a lot more to figure out. Yeah. So, sure. I think it took us a while, and I even feel like even in the last six months, we've, and me having the business has really helped to have an outlet for For being able to make decisions on my own and being able to have that independence and that part of my life that's just me. So, but I think even in the last six months, we've just really come to find a groove where we can both do our thing. And 
honestly, I shouldn't say we, I should say me, because from the beginning, he was always very like, you don't have to cook at 5.30, or we don't have to hang out together every evening, or, you know, if you want to go get groceries and the kids are still awake, that's fine, and I think I put on myself a lot of expectations, like... Those preconceived kind of ideals of what it should look like. Right, and so now that I've kind of, like, walked in that, I feel so much freedom from things I didn't even realize I was putting on myself, and that's made a huge difference, so... Yeah, definitely that was the biggest challenge of just figuring out, okay, now that we're one, how how does that look? And how are we still two? And, you know, yeah. in what parts of my life do we share? And what parts of our lives do we have on our own? And, yeah, totally. You know, wow. in every area of, like, our time and our money and yeah. you know, all those things. So. It's crazy. It's a lot to figure out. I feel like it's, it like, is. an ever-continuing journey. Yeah. It's like, life expands and evolves. And so true. new pursuits come into play. Yeah. And I feel like it gets better every year. Yeah. But I, I think it comes back down to what you were kind of saying about almost releasing yourself to like walk in your own unique way mm-hmm. as like as a partner, as a mom, yeah, like as a business person. And yes, when you we, when we kind of allow ourselves to do that, like that's where we're going to thrive because that's how so we're wired, right? Yes, so true. So and sometimes cool. it takes a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes sure. we don't know ourselves quite yet, yeah. or we haven't had the experiences that show us what you know what that looks like yeah yeah Yeah. where that like where that sweet spot is right yeah Yeah. that's really cool um so yeah that's that could definitely be like a a growing point in marriage I think for everybody Mm -hmm. and what's been like a blessing when it comes to marriage um I just love having um his input I feel like he's so wise and he sees things from a totally different perspective than I have and also from what I've heard Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people like say that if you marry someone from another culture there can be challenges with that Mm -hmm. but I think because we're both Christians and we share those core values the fact that we think differently about a lot of other things is actually really helpful to both of us so I think just having him when I'm trying to make decisions or we're going through life with things just having his voice in my life saying you know here's another way to think about it has and I would have considered myself a pretty open-minded person before that but just like to another level wow and he's just like a very non-judgmental person and so he's just really helped me have a different perspective and expand and grow in that Mm -hmm. and another thing is also just really nice to share your life with somebody yeah and sure. have tell somebody about your day and I like know, make right? decisions with and not yeah. have it all on your own shoulders but get to you know kind yeah. of walk together through life and, for sure yeah. I remember like one of the things I most looked forward to about marriage was just like getting to end and start your day like with that yeah. person like I just I love that like so, so simple true. but it's like you know no matter what happens that day like you know you're putting your head down on the pillow with, yeah. with the, this person that's going to be there for you your whole life yeah and when you get up that morning, like, they're there to help kind of set the tone for your day. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. So true. Um, so if you were to give maybe one word of advice for how long have you guys been married? You're still, like, a young married couple. Yeah, only four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. Well, it's longer than I've been married, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think with every single year, every day of marriage, we're learning. So right. I, like, for people that are listening, I know a lot of my audience would be maybe close to marriage, uh, thinking about getting married, or or maybe newly married. Um, so what's maybe one 
piece of wisdom or advice or takeaway that maybe you would share? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think, and I don't know if this is popular opinion, but I think what I've learned of how I have to be to make it work is to almost like the self-sacrifice element of not needing to be right, not needing mm-hmm. to be shown that somebody cares about you, not needing to be, you know, um, like told that your way is valid Mm -hmm. just like being willing and I think that like humility comes into that a lot yes and being okay with it because I'm like why do I care if somebody else doesn't think I'm right or doesn't agree I don't care like I'm not a people pleaser by nature I really don't care a whole lot about what other people think of me but when you're married it's different you do yeah and so I think that was you know something I had to work on is being like I don't have to, he doesn't have to think that I'm great all the time or that I'm always right or that everything I do is perfect, right? right? Totally. And if we have an argument or a disagreement, I don't need to like be there till the end to make sure that like I get my point across or I have the last word in. Right. Just being humble to be like, you know what? Like, yeah. Five years down the road, you're still going to be. Yeah, I'm not going to be the champion for like making sure that. I was recognized or even like trying to force love yeah I think can be like more destructive yeah yeah. so I think in that element too it's important that you do maintain your independence Mm -hmm. so that you're not and I think in the beginning maybe I had that codependency where like I took some of my own value from how he thought of me Mm -hmm. which is really unhealthy right and we have to make sure that our identity and our value is coming through Christ and not through what another person says or thinks about us. Totally. But that can be easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I know I've heard a lot of people, even like writers, talk about how, you know, it's easy to almost, like the person that your, your spouse falls in love with was, right. like, was you without them. Like, they right. fall in love with you without them. Right. So it's like, and so oftentimes when you get married, it's almost like we, we somehow think that that has to now change, but that's right. what they fell in love with. Yeah. So I think that's so true, that independence um, or staying true to, like, your unique self is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah. All right, motherhood. Ooh. Let's dive into this one. <laughs> so this is actually interesting. So um, I, a few, I guess last week, listened to a, another podcast that Kaylin was featured on, and she shared about her birthing experience, and it was just amazing. And that's what truly inspired me to be like, I need to talk to this girl on my podcast. Um, and I really wanted you guys to kind of hear um, this aspect of her story as well. Um, so, so gear up for this one because it's good. Um, but Kaylee, why don't you tell us um, kind of maybe the process? And this is you didn't really touch on this in the last podcast necessarily, but what was the process of, of getting pregnant like? Like, did you guys plan it? Was it a surprise? How did you decide we're ready? What was that like? We weren't necessarily planning to have. Mm-hmm. We weren't like waiting and taking tests, being like, "Oh, is right. this the time?" So it was kind of like out of the blue right. in a way. And so it was definitely initially like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then like the next second was like, wow, this is really exciting. And then starting to imagine life together with a baby. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So so from that moment on, uh, like, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy journey. Like what was your first trimester like, second trimester, third trimester? Maybe a few kind of highlights from each. Sure. Well, my first trimester was 
awful. <laughs> I immediately, about the next day, even that day, like, as that day progressed, started yeah. feeling nausea, and it kind of got worse over the next few days. And then um, it was so bad. Like, I was, I couldn't keep anything down. I was throwing up, like, yeah. three to five times a day. Oh, no. I couldn't keep water down. The nausea was constant like oh. even like right after I threw up I'd still be nauseous and yeah. I'd be like no it's not fair yeah. I was in the they didn't have anything in Japan to help with it, morning sickness mm. where here they have declectin but in Japan mm. there was nothing so wow. I just had to, to stick it out right I was in the hospital like three times a week getting IVs because no I way. just couldn't even keep water down oh my. so I lost 20 pounds in six weeks oh I goodness. basically was just in bed all day long trying to eat I remember the only thing I could eat was canned peaches and I'd eat like half a peach a day and oh then I would just throw it up so it didn't really oh mean <laughs> and I'd be so disappointed because I spent so much time getting it down and yeah. then I wouldn't get, be oh able to get anything no. from it so that was pretty awful um and I felt bad for Joseph too because we lived in like a one-room bachelor apartment that was like oh. maybe 300 square feet oh, so no. he couldn't eat in the apartment because the smell <laughs> And he couldn't cook either. So he would eat like one meal a day, like in the hallway. (laughs) So that was really awful. And honestly, I think looking back, it was a blessing because it really pushed me to look for another way. And I, I really hated the hospital experience because it didn't speak the language. Neither did the doctor. And I would go in and Joseph and the doctor would have, you know, a 20 minute conversation. And Joseph would give me like a one sentence summary. And I'm like, I'm, this is my first time having a baby. Like, I want to know every word. I want to ask questions. And I, and in Japan, it's different too. Like when they do the ultrasound or the examination, like they draw curtains so you can't see who's on the other side. And like the whole time I almost just felt like an animal at a zoo, like an experiment or something. And there was just like no human element or connection or, or even like any, Thing on my side that I had like control or input on it was right. just like I being dragged around to <laughs> different things and yeah. I didn't like that at all so basically what happened was I I was like okay you know what I don't want to go to Canada for the birth because Joseph can't come mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. so that's not an option so right. I have to be in Japan for right. this and I can't do it the way that the first trimester has been so I have to look for another way so that prompted me to go on YouTube and I just looked at video after video of birth stories and different people's experiences and ideas and then I stumbled on a video about hypnobirthing and it was basically saying about how you can like learn about what the body's doing during birth and like train yourself ahead of time to like help yourself through the pain and I was so intrigued by the idea but not like totally on board with it but then through searching this I found another class which was a Christian online birthing class from a girl in the states and I thought this is perfect because it's online it's from somebody who speaks English (laughs) and it's Christian yeah and um the reason I went with her class was the very first video I saw of her it was called eight tips how not to tear and the very first tip was ask God and pray about it and I'm ashamed to say it but until that point this had never crossed my mind Mm -hmm. and I was like of course it was like a light bulb went off and I was like this is so obvious why didn't they think of it and throughout the course she really had a good mix of teaching you like the physical like what was happening during the whole process and how you can work with your body 
practical tips and also the spiritual side and the mental side of you know how you can bring God into it what his heart for birth is Mm -hmm. what we can pray for into it which I you know my image of birth was go to the hospital scream a lot (laughs) give birth and then tell everyone it was awful right like that was kind of like what I had witnessed and she had um, a podcast where it was woman after woman sharing positive she called supernatural birth experiences where they had incredibly positive wonderful joyful experiences in giving birth that were not filled with pain or agony or fear and a big part she went on was birth without fear And I'm like, you know what? This is so biblical because yeah. the Bible tells us perfect love drives out all fear. Mm-hmm. So why should I be going into birth with fear? Yeah. That's not God's heart. Yeah. And so just her opening my eyes to what birth could be right. when we partner with God. Yeah. And she encouraged us to write a, a dream birth list. And I did. And like pray into it. Wow. And like everything on the list came true and I was like blown away because I put like pretty specific details Mm -hmm. and like everything so I had like the best experience with Abigail I look back on it with like so much joy in my heart and Mm -hmm. this also and Joseph really helped me with this too because in Japan um healthcare is um private but childbirth subsidized by the government so you can go you don't necessarily have to just go to like the nearest hospital they have childbirth clinics but there's all different levels of what sort of birth clinics you can go to so the first one i had gone to in my first trimester was not great (laughs) you know the nurses still wore the candy striper dresses and they had like musty curtains and it was like really dingy and i'm like this is not like the environment i want to give birth in So we had actually moved in my second trimester for Joseph got a job and so we moved to another city and I was okay. like, okay, now's my time. I spent like days <laughs> on the internet talking to every other woman who yeah. spoke English, who lived in Japan, like every yeah. expat, like tell me what you know. Yeah. And one girl recommended me to this clinic and um, the doctor had studied in Stanford. So he spoke English and he also understood some like Western culture. Oh wow. So that was really helpful to me because in Japan there's like one way to do things. Right. And some of those ways didn't vibe with me. So yeah. it was nice to have somebody who was, you know, who was open to doing things a different way. Totally. And we went there, and this place was like the Ritz. It was like chandeliers, leather couches. They had a spa room. Every woman who gave birth got to have a spa (laughs) treatment included after. You know, they had, it like, the bathrooms were ornate. Wow. It was unreal. And in Japan, you stay for five days after you give birth. So I'm okay. like, I don't want to just stay anywhere. You yeah, know, it's yeah. got, like, fluorescent totally. lights and, like, beeping things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. So um, we they show us around, and, like, it's literally like a hotel room where wow. I'm staying after I give birth. And it it's, you know, my bed, my... Uh, what is that called? The headboard was yeah. like leather with no rhinestones. Way. I had like a big TV. That's and amazing. A sitting room. So gorgeous. So we get there and I turn to Joseph and I'm like, there's no way we can afford this. And what I love about him is he really pushed me with that too. And he's like, you don't know that. Yeah. You're already writing this off before we even looked into it. Yeah. If this is what your dream birth looks like, yeah. 
we got to find a way. Yeah. And I won't go into the major details, but long story short, we ended up paying $100 total for no way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, like, he had insurance, and our birth was like the cheapest possible birth. And, yeah. and I was like, I can't believe I almost counted myself out of that experience. So true. I can't believe I almost passed that up because I assumed I wasn't going to be able to afford it. Right. That was a huge life lesson for me. Yeah. To totally. not say, oh, I can't afford it, or oh, that's not for me. Yeah, look into it, try. Exactly. Like God can make a way. Mm-hmm. Like there, in order to have be a hundred bucks, I needed to give birth on a weekday during the day, like after, not on a holiday, and not have any medical intervention, no tearing. <laughs> like right, I'm like I can't have control over any of those things. Yeah. Sure enough, wow. they all. Yeah. That's all. amazing. So it's like you know what in life don't the only thing that's limiting you is yourself and your own thinking so true because god doesn't have the minimal for us wow so if you're counting yourself out of something Mm -hmm. that and you know i didn't want this experience because i was like greedy or selfish like i wanted to look back on it with the experience of bringing my daughter into the world with like positive memories yeah and so you know we can join with god in that and i i just had like such a good time with it and it made me excited to have give birth again yeah and like i've talked to a lot of women who decided not have more children because their birth was so bad wow and it's like you know Mm -hmm. see how much we're missing out on life yeah totally and um actually i remember like the one of the first times i met you um or or kind of interacted with you was shortly after you had given birth Mm -hmm. and i think it may have been when you Oh, I don't know if it was your first or second. Um, you have two kids, right? Yes. Yeah. But anyhow, so it was after you'd given, shortly after you'd given birth, and I remember saying, um, I can't believe you just gave birth. Like, you look so good. Like, you were, like, <laughs> slim. Like, and, and I remember you saying, uh, actually, it's something I prayed about. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> What? Like, you prayed that you would, like, look good after birth. And you're like, yeah, like, but it goes to, like, it goes back to what you were saying. Like, you know, like, God doesn't want, like, you know, less than great things for us. So why not ask? Why not lean into that? Why not, like, partner with God in that? And, like, even, even when I was listening to your story about having this, like, dream birth list, like, I think that's just incredible. The... Mm -hmm. Like, and so I started thinking, okay, well, like I'm, I'm pregnant right now. And I started thinking, well, what are like the specific things that I would love to right. happen with my birth and, and, and like, even like qualities I'd like for my baby and like, why not get specific right. about that? Right. So true. Mm-hmm. You, things aren't going to happen in your life that you want to happen if you don't plan and be intentional about it and like yeah. pursue that. Yeah. So if you want to have a great birth, but you just sit back and do nothing about it. Yeah. And you're not even really sure in your own mind about yeah. what that even looks like. Yeah. You're not going to take steps to make it happen. Yeah. Totally. So I, and this goes through all of life, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to be a lawyer, yeah. you got to start taking steps to make totally. that happen, yeah, right? For sure. And if you want to dream birth, then you got to start asking yourself, what does that look like for yeah. me? What can you do on your end? Yeah. You know? 
And like back to the, what you were saying about wanting to look good after us, like, you know, you also got to check your motives. And for me, I'm like, how many women I've talked to when their baby's born and what they're focused on is their body. After, yeah. And, you know, they're, they're working so hard to like work out and watch what they eat. And I'm like, when my daughter's born, I want 100% of my attention and focus and to be care to be on her. Yeah and not on getting my body back yeah or even just like letting my body be how it was but like having the struggle of adjusting to being mm-hmm. in a new body mm-hmm. and so yeah. you know these are things we can pursue and ask god for for sure i love that i think that that's uh, a new way of thinking when it comes mm. to birth like yeah i think you know some of us probably apply this to other areas of our lives like you know right. yeah, okay right. ask and you shall not like ask not and you receive not right like, that kind of principle but mm-hmm. when it comes to birth it's like well oh i just have no control we think that's the way it has to be exactly yeah and that and she goes into that in the course about that's how that's a lie that mm-hmm. the devil has told us and the stealing from women and wow. right like we can have a fuller life mm-hmm. if we know the truth of what god promises us mm-hmm. and it's all in the bible and so if we can stand on those promises yeah it just it totally expands and changes what our experience can be wow. with childbirth specifically, yeah. which yeah. is so exciting. And I even think, like, when it comes to, like, parenting, as, like, you know, there's probably maybe moms listening that, like, maybe your 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 daughter or your son is, you know, six months old, maybe a year old. Like, mm-hmm. make that dream list for their one year. Right. Like, make the dream list for their, like, okay, well, this, their second year of life, this is my dream list for so my child. Good. So the good. The third year of life, you know, it's not like you look back, it's like, well, I've already given birth to my kids and I wish I made a dream list. Well, make one now. Right. And yeah, you always talk, hear people talk about the terrible twos. Like, yeah. that's such a good point. You can be like, you know what? No, this no. is going to be, we're going to make this work so that we don't have to go through it. Terrible, terrible twos. twos. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just such an ongoing principle. I love that. Um, when it comes to, you know, we talked about marriage and now it's like a family of four. Mm-hmm. So what has that kind of transition been like from, it's just you and Joseph and you can kind of do what you please right. to like now there's like, there's four of you. Right. Well, I mean, Abigail was born less than a year after we got married. So mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily have a whole lot of time when it was True. just the two of us. Yeah. And then like my pregnancy was pretty consuming. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much only had like three months where it was oh, just the two yeah. of us. And like he was in like the last three months of school for wow. him. So I, you know, we don't actually have like a whole lot of experience being right. just the two of us. You didn't get to settle into that. No. Like, yeah. And yeah I think though having kids even though we didn't have a whole lot of time before having kids was really good for us and I know for a lot of people it can throw things off and like there's you're more tired and you're definitely more stressed Mm -hmm. but I think it was a unifying element for us and Mm -hmm. something we can bond over and like reflect on and laugh laugh about the kids when they do cute things and you know really share like this is like yours together exactly so I think it, there was definitely challenges, especially just in any time in life when you don't get enough sleep and you don't get enough like time to take care of yourself, like do basic things like shower or mm-hmm. go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or eat. Yeah. <laughs> it can be hard to be in a good mood all the time. Yeah. But despite that, I still think like having the kids brought us a lot of joy. Yeah. And especially when they were really young, like they yeah. were just so cute and it was so new. Mm-hmm. So I think it was good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And to for those that are listening, is there anything in particular that you would kind of give as a word of wisdom or advice when it comes to 
um, just kind of maintaining that that balance of like marriage and mm-hmm. and then and family as well. Um, I don't know if I'd be like the best person to ask advice for. For the first two years, it was definitely like Joseph was hustling at work mm-hmm. to get in because he he started late, and I was like pregnant again when Abigail was nine months old so like that was like a lot I needed to go to bed really early and so we didn't get a whole lot but I will say that we we have never done anything extra so like in this season of our life Mm -hmm. we don't volunteer we don't play sports we don't you know what we do is basically work and then spend time together wow. and like that's our priority and that was really hard for me because I served a lot in the church before and like loved mm-hmm. doing extracurricular things right. but we need to realize okay we need to see what's our priorities right and now. what can we fit in mm-hmm. and if the only thing we can fit in is going to work and then having family time that's the only thing we have space for right. so that's what we do and wow. then once my kids were older where I didn't have to bring them with me because of nursing right we my parents were really great to take them and then we would have date nights right you know go to the city out for dinner whatever but yeah I think for me what really helped with our marriage was deciding to go back to work because I was miserable as a stay-at-home mom (laughs) I felt very unfulfilled and I didn't like it at all so going back to work for me was really refreshing and like gave Mm -hmm. me passion again and Mm -hmm. revived me so that was really good for our marriage too because when I came home I was energized I wasn't like take the kids I need to lock down so that was good for us and then sharing the business together having the Semfuma homes has been good for us too because we get to go look for decor together and meet with landlords and like talk about different things and that's been something we can connect over and again like that's been a learning curve because we're different so it's not a partnership where we make every decision together and do the whole thing we've kind of had to learn that okay i do this part you yeah, do that part right and yeah. then this is the part we share sure. and like in the beginning that was a little rocky but it's like we would say all the time this is so great we get to spend this yeah. time together yeah that is so cool yeah and not just watching a movie or what yeah. right we were doing something we both were passionate and excited about mm-hmm. and doing it together wow so yeah. that was kind of always a dream of ours is to do a business together wow. because then you get to do marriage and work yeah at the same time yeah for sure <laughs> wow that's so cool and I love how it's almost like sometimes you have to be like brave to set boundaries yeah and I think that I think that it's actually really cool that you've kind of put the boundary up that right now in this season like this is what you focus on this is what you do yeah and that's just that's that's your guys season and you know what it's not easy because I definitely have got disapproval from a lot Mm -hmm. of people for making that decision Mm -hmm. from you know friends and family Mm -hmm. and other church members who disagree with that decision and I'm like you know what this is my capacity I know it that's all I can do and I have had a lot of moments where I feel bad about it yeah yeah and and also miss it too yeah, right totally. and I think it's something to remember like and we go to a church that has a lot of young people that there isn't there's a lot of people who don't yet have kids yes. and so it's just good to remember to always have grace for people when you've not been in the same in the season, season they've been in totally. because it's something unless you've experienced it like right. the extent of it is hard to oh grasp gosh, yeah 
So I, it's definitely been hard to yeah. set that protean boundary. I feel like yeah. I felt judged or yeah. that people just like think that I'm being lazy or, yeah. and maybe some of that is me putting that on myself too. Yeah. Right. But I think that yeah. I just, I think that that's cool. So I never knew that actually. I never, uh, about you guys, but I, mm. I think that that's a, a cool point because I think sometimes we, we have to be brave to put the boundaries in place yeah. and, and know our, know our family, know our season, know, know what God's calling to us now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, first and foremost, God's calling you to invest in your kids and your family yeah. and your marriage. Like that's like the, number yeah. one right now. Yeah. You know? And that's what's, I think in so many areas of life, mm-hmm. you really have to constantly ask yourself, what's the number one? What's the priority? Because how many times do people just get through life coasting or going through the motions with yeah. because they're not focused on what's like the number one priority and goal and like totally. same thing I was talking about before about how I felt like I had to cook every night for 5 30 and Joseph mm-hmm. had to drill into me you don't have to yeah and I'm like but I have to yeah. and it's like the kids are screaming you're stressed like yeah. let's eat yogurt for dinner like yeah. it's not <laughs> and that was really hard for me to retrain my brain that yeah. I don't have to do all the same things I've always done because right now something else is more important it's, it's different seasons. yeah and you have to be really intentional with yourself to constantly ask those questions am I yeah. investing my time specific like most importantly time and also money and like thoughts and words in what's actually like the most important priority in my life right now or am I giving a lot to other things that are taking from what Mm -hmm. I need to invest in Mm -hmm. for sure and it's almost always not going to be met with like approval of others because people want your time and people want right yeah so you have to be firm with that yeah and And that's where the like it's almost like you have to be brave yeah yeah you know, it may be it may be a bit easier for you where you're not as a uh, people pleaser of a person type, right. but I am like right. I like a, I I can default to the people pleaser. So right. if I'm not careful, like I am checking off everybody else's boxes yeah. that they want me to check off. For right. Them. Yeah. And then you know, time will go by, and you're like, but I I, I haven't moved forward in what I feel is yeah. actually on my agenda. Right. Uh, or like the agenda God's given me to right. move forward. You yeah. Know, I'm moving forward everybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's really cool. Yeah. It's a, a really neat um, kind of like encouragement and challenge to like, mm-hmm. know, like, like ask God what your, what your season is right now and yeah. what your priority is right now. Figure that out with him mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. stick to it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's definitely hard mm-hmm. because there's also many things you want to do. Mm-hmm, right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, with our personality types as well, we're just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. That's that sounds cool. fun. Yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So before we kind of start to wrap up, there's two other areas that I kind of wanted to hit on quickly. So sure. we'll, we'll try and touch on them because there's just so much goodness to to hear from this girl today. So um, so we talked about marriage, we talked about motherhood. Um, now I just want to talk a little bit about business life because as Yay. you mentioned, you're an entrepreneur uh-huh. to the max. You own two uh-huh. businesses. Like how old are you? You don't mind sharing? 29. 29, two businesses. <laughs> so um, kind of, first of all, like what drives your business passion? Like what's brought you to the entrepreneurship journey? Um, I think, um, well, it's interesting because when I look back over my life when I was a kid, you know, people always ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never had an answer to that question mm-hmm. because I feel like I didn't know any careers that matched 
my personality and my passions. So right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Even I graduated high school. I'm like, I still don't know. Right. Everyone's going to university. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Right. And so, and I wasn't yet at a place where I think I could have recognized that. And mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of years doing things that I cared about, was passionate about, that kind of developed me to bring me to the point where I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then... I would say even like a, a year and a half ago, I was still a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. Wow. Um, but before I had gone to God in prayer about this, I still didn't know. Wow. So I had two kids and was stay-at-home mom. And I remember telling Joseph, like, I hate this. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But I feel like I have to because childcare for two kids is really expensive mm-hmm. and I don't have a job to step back into. Like I gave birth in Japan, so I didn't have a job right. that I could go back to wow. in Canada. So I'm like, I feel like my only option is to like start a career from the bottom and work minimum wage, which is like literally going to bring me to zero dollars at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> right? Like so I'm like, do I, I'm like, and I'm just missing out. Like I don't necessarily want to work 40 hours a week, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Like that also doesn't sound appealing to me. So, and again, this was, if it was just me on my own, I probably would have been like, well, I guess this is my lot in life. Mm -hmm. But Joseph really encouraged me. He's like, you know, don't, you know, who knows what God can have for you. Don't say that you have to stay home or that there's no job out there for you. Just pray about it. Like there, don't like, don't close the door. Right. Don't Don't limit yourself. Don't count yourself out. So I, that was a Saturday. I prayed about it and I'm like, okay, you know what, God? I'm going to make a list yeah, of everything I, I want, dream my dream job. Yeah. I'm like, I want something I'm excited to do every day that energizes me yeah. and makes me passionate about mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I want something that I can take summers off if I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Or if the kids are sick, I can come home. Yeah. I can. I One thing was that I have Mondays off and then I finish by 3.30 every day. Yeah. I'm like, this I'm writing this down because <laughs> like, this job doesn't exist. I'm like, but I'm like, this is what, and that's a thing other too. Don't limit yourself by writing a dream list of what you you understand to be possible right really examine your heart and be like what do I actually truly want Mm -hmm. because God can make that happen so I wrote things that I'm like this job isn't real there's no job (laughs) that matches this description and three days later the previous owner of the clothing loft sent me an email said you know my daughter was maybe gonna take over but she changed her mind are you interested wow and I I saw the like the subject line of the email and like my heart skipped a beat and I I just knew in my spirit I'm like this is it I didn't even think I read it I immediately called Joseph and I'm like you're never gonna believe it and so I'm like and I had worked there when I was younger always loved fashion really interested in it also always loved the environment and like I love the whole concept of consignment. Yeah, I just feel like sure. it's a, a great way to recycle, to buy clothes on a budget, mm-hmm. and still get really interesting pieces. Yeah, totally. so everything about the store I loved. Yeah, and I was like, this is I know this is it. So I I don't think I would have stepped out or even known what I wanted to do. Wow. I like it was truly God who knew what my heart was and what my passion was wow. and found something for me and brought it to me. Wow. And I think a lot of times I look back in my life and I put a lot of pressure on myself to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't have to figure it out. Yeah. God actually knows better than we do right. what's going to be the right fit. Mm-hmm. And so when I prayed that Saturday night, I said, 
I said to God, I don't know what this job is. I'm just going to leave it to you because I was getting really stressed out about the idea of like job hunting. Right. I'm like, I'm just going to leave it to you to find something for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he did. Yeah. That's amazing. And then the hard work starts. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a good six months of like hustle. I was working six days a week and like all day. Right. And in that season, too, it was like, okay, how do I make this work for my family? So we got a robotic lawnmower. We hired a house cleaner. <laughs> like, we, we did things. I'm like, I don't have time. I can't do it all. Right. So how? what are the things I can delegate? And that's, like, one of the key things I always am thinking about. What can I delegate? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what can I delete? What can I automate? Yeah. Because my time is the most valuable thing I have. Right. So if I'm wasting it on washing the dishes when (laughs) right Mm -hmm. when I could be doing a business plan. Right. Then and you know and I don't want to minimize those jobs because I think for the right people at the right time, there's a place for all of that. Totally. But in that season for you. For me, my Mm -hmm. time needed to be spent on building the business. Yeah. And so yeah, it was a good six months, and then about I took over March last year. By September, I was able to step back to like two to three days a week, wow. and I'd work from like ten till three. Wow! And I was like, "This is amazing." I thought I really had planned two years for oh, me to get it to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I was really blown away how fast it could happen. That's so cool. And then that allowed me to to start Sent from Homes because yeah. I had the time. Wow. Because Amazing. I had delegated and automated. Yeah. And that and that business has been a lot of like automation to that yep. as well. Like yeah. Partnership with the right people and things like that. Totally. So and like my plan this summer is to get both businesses to a point where they're totally self-sufficient and I can step back completely. Wow. Other than, you know, if the odd thing goes yeah, wrong and somebody needs to ask me. Yeah. yeah. But to mostly get the systems in place. Like, systems are very important. Right. And having the right people on your team. But if you wow. have the right systems, then well, almost anyone can step into that. Yeah. And you don't have to necessarily be there every day saying, can you totally. do that? Can you do that? Right? Totally. So. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah. And this is like a year, year and a half in. Wow. So, yeah. I would say I didn't know what I wanted to do. And... Now, in hindsight, I can see how such a perfect fit this is. And, like, wow. I feel like I found my lane. And yeah. I'm really excited about other business opportunities as my life goes on. Wow. And I just feel like that I see the path of my future just to, like, change directions. And, like, it's more clear now yeah. and more focused on what I should be investing my time and my money wow. into. Yeah. And it's just life-changing. For me, because I felt like for so long I didn't know like what my specific path was, and now I feel like I can really invest in that, and it's exciting because I know I love it, and I know I'm capable of it, which is exciting too. It's really empowering experience because I had never done something like this before, so I didn't know the extent to which I was gifted in it. Totally, and so you know, it's really cool. Yeah. Wow, I think there's just like this reoccurring theme throughout everything we've talked about from like motherhood mm-hmm. to business. It's just like, like what I'm hearing is like, don't be afraid to ask, like make yeah. your dream list. Like don't count yourself out. Like, yeah. like believe big, like, um, yes. because if we want like the God sized things to happen in our lives, we have to, we have to think beyond our capability. Yes. So true. Beyond our capability, I think another thing that really hinders people is um, sometimes we need to reteach ourselves some things that we believe. Mm. And I think a lot of 
things that I had to reteach myself growing up in small town Ontario was that like hard work is the ultimate, right? And I'm and like you should never take the easy way out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hold on a minute. This is like counterproductive if you're wanting to find efficiency. And, right. and you know, how I grew up, it was like you shouldn't have more than just the basics of what you need. Mm -hmm. And so you shouldn't pursue anything more than that. And mm -hmm. now I'm looking at my life and I, I'm seeing, wow, you know what? We could be financially independent and self-sufficient mm -hmm. in the next three to five years. Mm -hmm and what that means for my life and I think I like a year or two ago I think I would have thought that was wrong yeah right like I would have yeah. believed that, that was a wrong thing yeah. to do or to pursue and now I'm like look at the opportunities if I'm not committed to 40 hours a week at a specific location totally and I Joseph's always talked about how much he'd love to do prison ministry yeah. and I, I've talked about how I'd love to like volunteer my time working first late like one yeah. day a week and all, how we'd love to spend three three months a year in a different country every year with mm -hmm. the kids so to I think the best way to learn is exposure, right? right. So it's so good for them to have an open mind and to get to experience these things. Totally. And the only way that's possible is if you're not tied to a 40-hour work week in Kitchener, totally. right? Yeah. And I think we really need to like open our minds. And, and, I, and I also do think it's very important to check your motives. Mm -hmm. Because if your motives is, I want to have a yacht and like, <laughs> you know, drink champagne every yeah. weekend and everyone to think I'm yeah. super fancy, like maybe that's not yeah. the route you should pursue but if totally. you're if you got to look at what do you truly want out of life what do you right. want to what do you want to bring to the world right and are you making decisions that's preventing that from happening because you think those things in and of themselves are wrong mm -hmm. when they're not necessarily wrong if your motives are right yeah that's so good so yeah i, like I think don't count yourself out with like what you think you're capable of and recheck your thinking yeah. about what things are right and wrong totally. and be more I I can't believe how close-minded I was when I thought I was open-minded like you cannot mm -hmm. even like I think so many of us have like miles to go totally. in being open-minded totally. of what God has for us for sure because we just totally see it in the context of like what we see around us yeah. and like it can be so so much bigger than that mm. Totally. So yeah, I think when we, we when we allow ourselves that the permission to think big, whatever that looks like for your life, mm -hmm. but think big for your life, mm -hmm. like that's what enables us and 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 releases us to then be able to bring that to other people's lives. So true. And like if we're if we're limiting ourselves, then we limit what we can do for others. We limit what so true. what impact we're going to have. But I think thinking big for your own life is just. It's just the springboard for then writing right. big things to everybody else around so you. So true. And I think it, it starts there. Like how, if you're going to limit your life, how are you going to expand somebody else's? So true. Like, yeah, just the other day, like Joseph wanted to buy a pickup truck for our Airbnb business. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's such a waste of money or we don't use it that often. And then I 
was in my small group and all these girls were talking about moving and how everyone around here needs trucks for moving. <laughs> I'm like, I grew up in Lissville, okay? Yeah. There is no shortage of pickup trucks. trucks. If you yeah. need a truck, just Try knock it. next door, you'll find one. Yeah. But here I'm like, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity. Yeah. We could buy this truck and like freely lend it out to whoever needed to move. Totally. And if we don't have that financial freedom and independence mm-hmm. because of the decisions we make, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to bless people with that. Mm-hmm. And I think about when we have guest speakers come to church or for conferences. Yeah. I'm like we have homes that we can yeah. offer that are furnished and yeah. made to make somebody feel comfortable and at home. Totally. And wow. like that's a ministry opportunity. Yeah. Like you wow. said, an opportunity to bless others. Yeah. Where if we had limited ourselves and been like, okay, we have to make a combined income of eighty thousand <laughs> and like you know, live yeah. on like right. Right. Then you know it's so uncreative. Yeah. And I feel like you know we gotta expand our minds and be creative to do things and think in ways that we don't see other people doing, mm-hmm. because that's like the greatest things we've seen in this world come to be is from people who made something that didn't exist before. Totally. Totally. And so we have that. to think like that, even to the extent of how we live our day to day life. Yeah. For sure. For sure. In the big and the small. Right. Well, we're coming to the end of this episode, which I just don't even want to end. But if the, if you could say if there's anything else that you haven't necessarily specifically been been able to touch on, or if there's kind of just like a summary statement that you'd make to anybody listening, um, here's kind of like your last. Chance. Okay. <laughs> well, I okay. One thing I feel like I haven't touched on it because I think this can be overwhelming if you're at the beginning is mm-hmm. how to get here mm-hmm. because your thinking is everything. Mm-hmm. What you think and what you believe and what you say is like the foundation for everything of right. what your life is going to turn out to be. But it can be hard to know where to begin and how to get there. So yeah. I would say like you have to surround yourself with people that you admire and want to mm-hmm. aspire yeah. to be like mm-hmm. and and listen to them mm-hmm. and ask questions mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily need to know them in person because there's so much content out there so totally. i would say like podcasts books youtube videos this is how i got started mm-hmm. i got the audio library app for audiobooks yeah. and like i just like down 20 books and yeah. like write these things down glean from it and like from this you can pull what your values are and you can see how that can play out in your life differently so if you see somebody and you're like wow I'm so inspired like ask them if you can sit down with them and like pick their brain because I think the only way you can really grow and expand is taking baby steps of like getting this knowledge and like empowering yourself Mm -hmm. with changing your thinking Mm -hmm. and you can't do that by staying in your same bubble and staying in your same information and your same content like you really have to expand on the same side like you have to be careful what you consume too right always check what with what you're consuming with does it line up with the bible right and if it doesn't then you know let it go yeah but yeah i mean that's the best place to start and that it might be a few years of doing that yeah because you need if if an opportunity comes up that god has for you you got to have prepared yourself for that and if you just sit around until the opportunity comes and don't do anything in the meantime you're not going to be ready for it when it does come so before i took over the business i had already been spending two years doing this learning changing my thinking preparing myself Totally. And like that's the best thing you can do today. Wow. 
for a better future. Love that. That's amazing. Oh, so many things. Like, I'm going to have to, like, go back to the top of this podcast and be like, get a pen and a notebook out because you're going to want it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This has been amazing. I think that anybody listening has a lot of takeaways so thank you yeah, and thank awesome. you Ashley because I, I you're somebody I look to and I get inspired oh. because I feel like you do a lot and you do it with joy and with heart and it's really amazing to look at everything oh. you're doing and next time I'll have to interview you oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds good we'll have a little rehearsal on the podcast alright well I'm going to put uh, Kaylin's Instagram um, at the link with this podcast so you can give her a follow um, and follow her along in her journey. And I'm sure if you guys have any questions for her, you can always reach out, send her a DM. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and she'll be happy to chat. All right, well, we'll see you next week or talk to you. Hey, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Ash Talks. You are going to want to hit subscribe and not miss out on any of this upcoming content. Next week, it's going to be me flying solo, and I'm going to be dishing out on why I started my business, why I started it, when I started it, how it's been going, what I've been learning, and what that jump was like from the nine to five to the entrepreneur. And now moving into having a baby, what that is probably going to look like. So uh, stay tuned and you'll hear that on Monday. Okay.